Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and my usual co-host, Morgan Glennon, is actually on vacation this week. We never seem to align our vacation uh, weeks because I was on vacation last week, which is why we didn't have a Supergirl Radio episode, and she's on vacation this week. So we need to really time up our vacations, but but I hope Morgan is having fun. Uh, But for this live and wired episode of Supergirl Radio, I'm actually joined by Chris Olin Samuel, uh, who you might find on Twitter and Instagram because you might be familiar or you might not be. And this is a good episode uh, for (laughs) you to learn about it. Uh, But she draws a delightful comic strip uh, that's done by her. It's a a fan fan strip that she calls Super Danvers a fan comic strip. So welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining me uh, today on uh, Supergirl Radio. Thank you very much for having me, Rebecca. Well, uh, we uh, I'm very excited, and I know our listeners are going to be very excited to talk to you about uh, your artwork and your comics. Um, but first, we need to get to the news. All right. Well, I've got some good news and some bad news this week uh, for Supergirl Radio. And so I'm just going to rip that Band-Aid off and start with the bad news. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Media enacted deep and painful uh, company-wide layoffs with DC Comics cutting 20% of its staff with many senior editors let go and a reorganization implemented. Jim Lee, publisher and chief uh, creative officer at DC Comics, responded to rumors and questions about these cuts in The Hollywood Reporter's interview. And here I just kind of figured I'd uh, sort of break it down to the main uh, takeaways for fans. Uh, Jim Lee said they will continue publishing comics, but will be reducing the size of their slate. And uh, the next big thing I think people might want to know about is that original content that is now currently on DC Universe will be migrating over to HBO Max. So for more details on the new general manager position that will be starting in September, if you want to know about Jim Lee's thoughts on AT&T and where he sees DC in two two years, make sure to check out that Hollywood Reporter interview. And uh, we've got that included. That link is should be in that live in the live stream video description uh, that you might be watching now, or if you are going to be uh, listening to the podcast episode, we will have the link to that interview in the podcast episode uh, description as well. Uh, so I, I thought we might want to talk about this just very briefly because Supergirl, the TV show is based on comics. And uh, so DC is a a pretty uh, big deal for us around these parts. So it's very sad to see that um, some people lost their jobs. And I know these corporate mergers are are pretty devastating sometimes. Uh, So uh, sorry to hear about that, but hopefully DC will continue to uh, be putting out great comics and hopefully Supergirl will be included in those as well. Um, uh, Chase asks, is Supergirl coming back next year? Uh, I don't know, uh, Chase, if you're talking about Supergirl comics or uh, Supergirl in terms of the TV show. I'll try to answer both. Uh, The Supergirl TV show is going to be coming back uh, with a season six. We don't know when exactly. (laughs) That's probably going to happen maybe at the beginning of 2021. Um, But uh, the Supergirl comics, I think, just ended. We we still need to catch catch up on those uh, for Supergirl radio. uh, But I think it just sort of ended its run. So I hope that answers your question about that. 
Um, so I guess let's get into some good news. Uh, the good news is that DC Fandom is happening this Saturday, August 22nd. And while there is no Supergirl panel, and I know a lot of Supergirl, fanals, uh, Supergirl fans were upset about that, including myself, uh, there are actually a lot of opportunities to check out some uh, Supergirl-related content. So if uh, you'll hang with me just a second, I might <laughs> see if I can pull that up because I did have the... Uh, Twitter thread about that because I noticed that DC DC must have uh, DC and Warner Brothers must have been getting uh, a little bit of an earful about no Supergirl content because I noticed that they uh, they put out a uh, thread about it on Twitter to let people know what was going on because uh, fans seemed a little bit upset which is totally understandable so if you can see I think you can see uh, the the uh, Twitter thread about it now. Let me actually pull this off, this comment off. All right, so now you can see it a little bit better. So if you're looking for Supergirl-related content in DC fandom, um, there's a whole bunch of uh, places to check that out. David Harewood and Nicole a uh, Nicole Maines are going to be in the Watchverse. Uh, watch, well, that's very difficult to say. Watch verse uh they're gonna be talking about truth justice and the dc comics way they're gonna be on a panel with some other folks talking about that so there's gonna be a david harewood and nicole mains panel there's gonna be some uh behind the scenes stuff with uh the airverse in terms of crossovers featuring the supergirl senior visual effects supervisor armin kevorkian so that'll be really cool i'm interested in that um there's also going to be some stuff with uh supergirl's original costume designer so the og costume uh with the skirt uh colleen atwood uh designed that she's going to be in the super designers behind the suit super suits panel there's also going to be a panel about the props with uh, Supergirl prop master Matthew Wilson. And uh, there's going to be some stuff with the Supergirl stunt coordinator, uh, Simon Burnett. Uh, there's going to be stuff with the uh, unit photographer, Katie Yu from Supergirl, uh, talking about uh, capturing the action in still frame. Uh, I mean, there's going to be so much. There's a season one featurette of Krypton. So I, I think even though um, there is no Supergirl panel, there's going to be a lot of Supergirl content that's going to be a DC fandom. And I mean, a lot. I, I actually, I don't know about you, Chris, but I went to go uh, fill out my schedule to create a schedule for, for Saturday. And I just, it just started to <laughs> fill up. I was like, I don't think I'm going to sleep at all because uh, there's so much to do. So uh, Chris, what are you most excited about with DC fandom? There's so much. I'm kind of curious um, about the new Superman and Lois Lane show. Um, I'm excited because I love, especially I love the character of Lois Lane. She's always been one of my favorite uh, comic book characters ever. Um, and I really want to know what take are they, are they going to take uh, with that show, see where it goes. I would really, really, really like for it to have more of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, uh, investigative reporters than maybe superheroine. And I'm curious about several comic book series that they may talk about, um, not specifically Superman related. Um, there's this character from Watchmen, Rorsch, uh, I never know the pronunciation oh, uh, in English. R R Rorschach? That it's one. A, it's a hard word to say. You it, is <laughs> it is very hard. And I think that's the, um, it's written by Tom Kim. And I'm really curious about that one. And I don't know, as, as you were telling me before, there is so much uh, happening that I don't know. I will just go online from time to time and see uh, what they're doing and what's happening. But yeah, yeah it, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think the the good thing is that there are there are a few panels that are timed, like you have to be there in order mm -hmm. to to see it. But then they're also going to uh, do an encore of those. So if you missed it the first time, you should be able to catch it the the next time. Okay. And a lot of the things I've noticed, because uh, I'm more interested in the interactive things mm -hmm. and. Uh, to be honest, a lot of the interactive things are for kids, but I'm going to, but I'm going to check them out anyway, just to see what they are, just to kind of uh -huh. see what's going on. And yes. so a lot of those things for uh, kids or for the um, 
sort of the general things like there's like some i think that krypton behind the scenes feature for supergirl a lot of those mm. kind of kind of things are going to be on demand and uh so oh. that so that means you can watch them anytime so that's that's good. that's good so so if you if you need to go to sleep you can do that and come wake back up that's um, a good one yeah yeah so so make sure uh, if, if if anybody is looking at your uh dc fandom schedule uh make sure it says on demand mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the thing to look for i noticed that with the schedule so uh yeah uh joshua gave us a good note everybody says rorschach if that helps thank, thank you joshua <laughs> so it is it is a hard one to say it is. all right uh so yeah so dc fandom is happening uh august 22nd um and so you can go to dcfandom.com right now and create your own schedule. So go check that out. Uh, Supergirl Radio uh, is actually going to be doing a live recap show of DC Fandom next Tuesday, August 24th at 9 p.m. So just like we're doing uh, tonight, you can come back next week and uh, talk about uh, your experience with DC Fandom and uh, share what you checked out and what you learned there. So definitely come back and hang out with us on that live stream. All right. Well, I think we've covered our good news and bad news for this <laughs> week. And since we have all of that out of the way, let's actually start talking about you, Chris, and uh, okay. Super Danvers, a fan comic strip. So I am really curious uh, about your origin story uh, as an artist and uh, as a Supergirl fan. So I guess we'll, we'll start with uh, your art. So so when did you want to start drawing uh, anything? When did you first decide you wanted to take up art? Um, well, I did grow up reading, uh, especially lots of comic strips, um, like since where I was very little and then, well, I would, I would go on to draw comics. I was never, um, specifically interested uh, in drawing, um, or, or writing. And I would say if I were to answer to the artist origin story thing, I would probably say it started, uh, very accidentally and in a cave. Um, I haven't received any kind of uh, formal education in arts, just to give a bit of background. Um, but because of the reading lots of comic strips things, uh, that type of humor and that type of art, cartoony art, uh, has always been kind of in my mind. And I did study at university history. And since I live in Europe and we have very, very old things, I went and specialized in prehistory and archaeology. So as a student, um, during the summers, I would volunteer in, um, in an archaeological site that was inside a cave. And I ended up working in this very VIP uh, part of that cave. And one year we were um, in this area, which was kind of very far from the original entrance. And for some reason, my bosses decided that I would be in charge of the laptop uh, that handled the database. And I clicked some kind of button and I remember that the database in which we were recording uh, like all the information for every archaeological remain that we were getting from, from that site, uh, suddenly all, all the numbers kind of scrambled and went out of order. And because we were so far from the original entrance, my bosses decided that they would try to fix that uh, inside the cave, that we wouldn't go outside. So I found myself quite suddenly sitting in a cave uh, with nothing to do and with a notepad and a pen uh, in my hands. And since I found that situation hilarious, for some reason I ended up cartooning um, the, the little anecdote of everyone trying to figure out what have I done. Um, and that turned into every day my brain would suddenly think of some uh, way of cartooning an anecdote of the day uh, to the point that I ended up doing kind of little comic strips uh, of almost every day of archaeological excavation. And that was more or less uh, the beginning, like what made me uh, more interested in that cartooning and comic strip uh, kind of visual storytelling. And then from there, uh, those personal anecdotes, uh, trips with friends, um, movies that I liked, I would turn kind of into little comics uh, with a very kindergarten kind of a style, because as I said, I had not gone to art classes. Um, the years where all these online fandoms started and you sort of started getting into online communities and you got to meet people and talk about uh, the TV shows that you got, 
Um, I think my first online fandom was probably Smallville. Um, I didn't do anything with Smallville, cartoon-wise, uh, but then I started with that same line of comic strips uh, based on the TV show Spartacus. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm familiar with it, I, but I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I started uh, making comic strips, random comic strips, because suddenly my brain would have an idea. And that show was such a departure from comedy that the stark contrast of, of all the drama that was happening there, <laughs> uh, like drawn as a comic strip, kind of got people uh, interested. And they started following uh, those comic strips and the cast of the show included. Cool. And the, mo- the moment, um, yeah. Uh, I have an anecdote with, with some of the members of the cast. The thing is that the moment that I, it kind of became a project was when I, when I really realized that I was uh, gaining, um, I, I was getting like a lot of personal interest in drawing and writing more seriously, not in a professional way, but as a serious uh, thing. So that's when I started taking classes. And, and uh, the comic strips benefited so much from that. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I have so many things I want to respond to because uh, <laughs> uh, because I, I uh, last year I started working for some museums. Uh, and uh, it, I don't know if you're familiar with the state of Alabama within the United States. And it's in the southern United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I work with a bunch of museums. And one of them uh, that I work with uh, very heavily is um, an archaeologist an archaeological site and okay. so when, when you said archaeology it was like wow i could oh, i could yeah. maybe i could maybe now carry on a conversation with you about archaeology <laughs> maybe i know i know a little bit uh, i'm still learning uh, but that's a that's a truly that's like a that's almost a comic book origin story that you would be down there in in yeah, in yeah. in the uh sort of the archaeological site and that's what uh got you into comic strips that that is so awesome and it's, so I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah go ahead one, yeah no yeah yeah i was going to say this uh, a very curious one but every time that I think like when did I actually start doing this and and I remember that moment so yeah that, that's basically that's that's really awesome and uh so so you said you had some anecdotes about the the Spartacus cast um so how did how did that interaction happen well um it was more or less at the time that Twitter started and I started posting the comic strips there on Twitter mainly and the members of the cast were have always been like really, really nice. I think it's one of the nicest uh, casts in terms of interacting with fans uh, on social media, at conventions, etc. And uh, one of the actors who was uh, among the nicest was Liam McIntyre. If people are familiar with the show, uh, they know that there was some tragedy in real life and the actor who was cast initially as Spartacus on the Whitfield passed away and the role was recast, and the role was recast, and they got uh, Liam McIntyre, who Arrowverse fans may know because he plays um, the Weather Wizard in The Flash. And so the thing is that uh, one weekend I was in Nottingham, UK, and I was working at a convention. Um, it didn't have to do with Spartacus. Um, it was a small convention with some Lost Gale characters, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that show. And uh, the thing was that I had drawn like the official poster of that convention and I had gone there to sell some prints. And I, as I was kind of signing prints and interacting with uh, the fans like me of, of the show Lost Girl, I got a Twitter message and it was from Liam McIntyre, from the actor, who I had met uh, the previous year at a Spartacus convention. And he told me that he was uh, creating a card game. And that um, the style that he wanted, it's a card game about uh, building monsters uh, with like putting together three parts uh, of different body parts. And that he thought that the style that I had was very cartoony and could work very well for the game. So long story short, I, we ended up making a card game together. He created it and I illustrated it. We kickstarted it some years ago. Uh, if anyone is curious about checking it out, uh, the card game is called Monster Lab Cards. And, and yeah, that's, that's the biggest anecdote. So that, the comic strip led to that. 
That is awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out. I, I, I'll uh, I'll try to if if you can send me a link to that, I'll put it in the the show notes and um, oh yeah, and, and people can people people can check that out. That is that is such a great story, and I think that um <laughs> speaks speaks a lot to um you know uh fan when when fan dumbs you know are are, mm-hmm. are good are. I don't want to say good and healthy, but like if, if people are, are having positive experiences with say members of a, you know, a cast or um, other people on Twitter, I think those are the really cool, like collaborative things that come out of it. So that's, that's a really awesome story. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I still don't know how we made it, but uh, I remember I had to double check my phone when I first received that message <laughs> because I, I remember saying yes. And then thinking, wait, did I check that the, the account had the blue tick? So yeah, it was it was a bit crazy, but an amazing experience. Yeah, you you have to check it sometimes because there there are some copycat accounts that can. Yeah, I, I got fooled by a Ben Affleck account one time. It it happens. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ben Affleck retweeted <laughs> me, and it was not. There was another. Oh, so uh, so yeah, you have to you have to be careful about that. But yeah. that's awesome. Uh, whoa. Everybody should go and check that out, and we'll uh, we'll get the link to that card game. And uh, so, since you sort of came into uh, art classes and learning about mm-hmm. learning more about art a little bit later after you had started drawing, yeah. uh, I was curious: do you where do you find your artistic inspiration? Do you do you look at other artists? Do you have other favorite artists that you um, uh, take inspiration from? I, yeah, I look a lot to other different artists, uh, specifically for inspiration uh, in terms of this cartoonist style. I think the two artists I like most are Bill Watterson, the creator of Calvin and Hobbes, because he has, I call it the economy of line, like with a few strokes and a few lines, he expresses so much in the faces and, and with movement. And then, I don't know if you know another uh, comic book artist, and his name is Scotty Young. And um, he, he mainly works as a cover artist for Marvel. He draws these variant uh, comic book covers in which he uh, depicts superheroes or villains kind of as kids. And he has also like a very cartoony style and very expressive characters. So in terms of trying to get inspiration for drawings, I go to artists that are similar. In terms of looking at art, I, I will look at many, many different kinds of art because you never know when you are going to get inspiration for something, like a way of coloring or, or the way they uh, depict um, facial uh, gestures and, and, uh, or even uh, body positions, like to get some actual reference because when you cartoon you kind of exaggerate everything um, a lot but yeah mainly Bill Watterson and and Scotty Young as main inspirations very cool and uh I also uh to add on to that question because I've been doing a lot of research on uh, what people think art is, uh, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to. It's it's kind of a long story. I've been wanting for years. I've been wanting to do a, a video about uh, the criticism behind uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice and why some people hated it and why some people like me loved it. Uh, okay. It'll be a, it'll be a very uh, uh, controversial video for sure. Um, yep. But I've been doing a lot of. Uh, uh, study on criticism on art criticism and why mm-hmm. why certain people think uh, things are beautiful and one of the books that I started reading was a book called what is art by Leo Tolstoy it's another word I have a hard time saying um, but it basically the, the beginning of the book I just started it, it talks about uh, philosophies on art and one of the basic things the the premise was that a lot of people say uh, art is based in beauty and what 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 do people think is beautiful and then a lot of the philosophies say well uh, beauty comes from getting close to nature and uh, getting as close as you can to nature and so I was curious because I've been doing all this research on what why why people think certain pieces of art are beautiful what do you think makes good art what do, what do you think is it about something that uh, a piece of art is would you consider art? You know, some things might just mm-hmm. be like, you know, uh, I think in the Wonder Woman 84 trailer, uh, there's a little scene where uh, uh, I, I think it's uh, Chris Pine, uh, Steve Trevor and Diana mm-hmm. Prince. They're outside of an art museum. And, oh, and, yeah. and he, he thinks uh, a garbage can is art because everything is so, you know, anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of rambling. But uh, so some okay. people could think uh, a garbage can is art. 
And then some other people might think, no, that's not art. Art is something else. So I was curious, what what do you think makes art? I can't, I, that is a, like, that is a very good question. It's such a complex question. Um, I'm not entirely sure. To me, it's very subjective and it has to do with whatever calls your attention. Um, In my case, I think visually, mostly. Like if we're talking about art, I'm thinking mainly about sculpture and and painting, illustration, etc. Um, I I don't I I don't know. For me, for example, um, I'm more drawn to um, more realistic art. Like if we're talking, for example, about sculpture, I will always go for the classics. I will always go for uh, Rodin. I will always go for Michelangelo. I'll always go for classic Hellenistic um, sculptures and, and the Renaissance and things like that. But if you go, I don't know, people like abstract art, I don't get it a lot. So um, I may not like it, but it is still art. Like someone had an idea and they uh, needed to express that idea in sort of a material way. Uh, but really... I, I, I don't think I can give you like a proper good answer that you would say, oh, yeah, I agree with that or not. I think it's really very subjective. In terms of comic book, like in terms of visual storytelling, for example, uh, talking about comic books or, or talking about uh, Zack Snyder's movie, I would say that the visuals uh, go with the story. And I would probably have debate with you regarding that movie. <laughs> That's okay. I've, I've had lots of debates with people. <laughs> my so. goodness, I am not a huge fan of it, but I do have to say that visually, Zack Snyder movies are incredibly good. And I think that uh, they go really, really, really well with the story he's telling. Uh, I, did, I remember when I went to watch uh, Man of Steel, I was blown away by the visuals. I love, love to beat the first half of the movie. Then I start to change when they start like uh, breaking and destroying all the cities in the world. Uh, but visually it is stunning. And, and uh, the way, I loved the way Zack Snyder visualizes uh, the different uh, superheroes' powers. Mm. Whether it's Superman and the physics of, of his strength, whether it's the way Batman fights. Like, one of my favorite Batmans is Ben Affleck. Like my problems with Zack Snyder are more with Superman and the way he he sees him. But my goodness, the Batman in those movies, like <laughs> the suit and the fights and everything, is amazing. Well, I would agree with that, and I, I'm totally. I'm, I, everybody has their their opinion, so I'm, yeah. I'm, it's totally fair and valid. Um, uh, but so, so would you say that that sort of translates to comics, uh, good, good comics would be if, uh, the, the visuals match the story. Is that kind of how, what would you say a good, like if you read a good comic, how would you know it was really good? Like, what would you say would, would make it good? Um, to me, yeah, it's a mix of, of the art going, going with the story because you can show me a page of, uh, I've been talking about Tom King. If you show me a page, for example, of, Mr. Miracle. If I see the art, I will say, I mean, the guy knows how to draw, obviously, uh, but um, it is not specifically pleasing for me. Like I would say, okay, I, I think the guy is brilliant. I mean, he has all the Eisner Awards. I just don't like it. But if I see it within the story, that art is absolutely mind blowing. Uh, if you read, I don't know if you're familiar with Bone by Jeff Smith. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, it's a delightful and very, very, very good story. Uh, it's in black and white, and it has a. It's more of a. It's more cartoony the style, and it's um, very clean art. And again, you show me a page of of, of that graphic novel, and I will say, okay, it's fine. But within the story, it goes amazingly well. So in terms, it, there sh- it should be a, a mix, and I really want the writing to be good. Uh, compelling stories, characters, etc. Yeah, I think a lot of people it doesn't it doesn't register with them that you can not like a style but still recognize that it's a good piece of art. That's that's what I try to communicate to people a lot is that yeah. I can I can really just uh, 
hate something and still wake uh, walk away from it going well, that was really well made I, yeah. I, I can't I can't deny that that, that, that looked <laughs> really good um, yeah. so so I'm, I'm I'm glad that at least you know uh, uh, some people out there recognize that it is possible to do <laughs> to do that um, so I guess um, we talked a little bit about uh, comics and art and sort of uh, your background on that so um, mm -hmm. one of the things that we like to ask our first time guests on Supergirl radio is how they met the character and met I mean, you know, met because uh, yeah. Supergirl, unfortunately, is not a real person. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, how did you meet the character? How did you first in encounter the character of, of Supergirl? Uh, I don't remember specifically the first time. I do know that I have watched the movie. I just know that it was like long ago and I don't even remember plot and stuff. Uh, probably by reading Superman comics when I was a kid. But the one I remember because I still own those comic books, uh, is that very, let's call it weird, I think, um, representation of Supergirl during the death of Superman comic books. Uh, I think you have mentioned it not long ago, actually in the uh, last podcast, and it was a Supergirl who was in a relationship with Lex Luthor. Yeah, that's the uh, the post crisis uh, Matrix Supergirl, that, sort of the uh, the protoplasm with Lana Lang's yeah. memories. Yeah, it is a very strange interpretation. It is, uh, <laughs> and then the next I remember is uh, um, Supergirl from a Smallville, and then I think it was the TV show Supergirl, and then I went to the comics. So after do you? The show. Okay, so so that drew you into actually reading Supergirl comics. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did um, I don't remember which ones I read. I know I read New Fifty Two. I know I read some uh comic books I think Sterling Gate Road uh, Gates Road uh that were based on the TV show. Uh yeah, he did do a run called Adventures of Supergirl that was sort mm -hmm. of it it was sort of in line with the show, sort of in canon, although they they don't write i mean uh in those in those issues uh supergirl encountered psy but that was before psy showed up on the tv oh, show so it's it's yeah. not necessarily canon because the show mm -hmm. doesn't recognize it but that's a whole thing uh okay. but yeah he, he did do a, a short uh run on uh supergirl that actually included alex that was the only time yeah. alex Danvers has been in the comics true uh, yeah so i'm glad i'm glad you read that it, it, that's one of my favorite uh runs on supergirl because it's really mm -hmm. really well done um well, cool. So, um, so now that you've seen a lot of uh, the Supergirls, uh, do, do you have a favorite? I know that's like picking a, a favorite child or yeah. something like that, but it's it's I'm, okay. It's a safe space. You you can say <laughs> whoever is your favorite. I know. Uh, I'm not sure as Supergirl as Carousel goes. I don't know, but as Kara Danvers or or however her name has been during uh, her different representations in comic books and stuff. I'm going to go with Melissa Benoist. Like her Carol Danvers, it's just, just delightful. So yeah. yeah, she's definitely my favorite. That's a, that's a good pick. I, I would probably say Melissa Benoist too, but I, I think they all, especially the live action versions, they all, mm -hmm. they all bring something different uh, to the definitely. table. And it's, it's definitely a different uh, iteration and, and interpretation of the character. Uh, I mean, Helen Slater was great in the role, even if, even if you don't like the film, uh, <laughs> she's, she's really good in the part. And uh, Laura Vandervoort was really good. I really loved her on uh, Smallville. Sometimes Smallville yeah. was not my cup of tea. Sometimes yeah. uh I really didn't like the show, but man, that that season when uh, Kara comes to town, uh, that was one of my favorite seasons of the show. So I think they all bring a little something uh, to the table. But Melissa, I think, really has uh, captured uh, the, the character really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so I've been glad uh, that she's uh, been on the TV as Supergirl. So so was was uh, your your time watching Smallville? Is that why uh, you started watching the Supergirl TV series or... Um, um, I'm, I don't know because I, I remember I started watching Smallville when I read that they were bringing Lois Lane into the show. And I think that was like season four, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. That's right. And then I did watch the whole and I, I went back and I caught up with the show and I watched it until the very end. And right after that, I think that the current Arrowverse started with uh, Green Arrow. And I liked so much Smallville's Oliver that um, I just I just couldn't with, and I'm so sorry for Arrow fans. I just wasn't a fan of that I, version. 
I totally understand. <laughs> it was like they wanted to do like a very greedy Batman-y kind of show, but they couldn't use Batman, so they went with Green Arrow for some reason. And I just kept having this image of the playboy, colorful Oliver Green that we had met in Smallville. Um, but then, no, I think I just started watching Supergirl because it was a show about Supergirl, and I am a fan of the Supers. Yeah. So I think that was the reason. Like, it was her own merit. Yeah, it was one of those things where uh, after Arrow started, it just sort of snowballed into sh- sh- new show after new show after yeah. new show. So uh, so it, it's, it was one of those things where it was like, well, I got to watch the next one. So uh, so good. I'm, I'm glad uh, that sort of came out of that. And I, I would agree with you. I, I like Justin Hartley's uh, Green Arrow in- interpretation. He didn't have the uh, the goatee or the facial hair, yeah, but but uh, I think he captured the uh, the the character essence, uh, the the personality of Oliver Queen very well. Definitely. Well, very cool. Okay, so you're watching Supergirl the TV series. How do you go from just being a fan of the show to actually creating your own stories within the universe? Yeah, uh, that's one of those, uh, like with music, when you have these, I think you call it in English, an earworm. You have a, a song that you can't get out yeah. of your, okay. Um, towards the end of season two, I would start getting random ideas uh, for comic strips. And for a while there, I, st- I tried to keep them at bay because I knew it was coming if I started drawing comic strips it would become like a big thing and one of uh, one of those reasons was that I remember I was I was watching I think it's episode 214 and there's this scene where Kara and Monel arrive at the DO and Monel is all like hey uh, Kara and I are together and Jean goes on to tell them, well, now you have to sign all these documents uh, uh, and give them to Pam from HR. And Kara has this very adorable but very illogical in my mind moment of, wait, we have an HR department. And I needed to explain to myself in a logical way why the hell would Kara Danvers or Supergirl working for the DO not know that at the DO there was an HR department? <laughs> and that kind of snowballed into a whole uh, story. And, and then I was like, okay, I think I'm doing this. And I started thinking about how to make that into like a limited project that was feasible. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes, uh, especially uh, for Supergirl Radio, we we sort of pitch our own stories and, and come up with our own uh, possibilities and plot lines out of it. Because I think it's just something, if, if you think about it, you come yeah. up with your own thing. So uh, I appreciate that you have the capability of actually putting that out there. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't draw, <laughs> I can't write. So, um, so I'm glad that somebody is actually uh, uh, able to translate that into something that people can read and, and, and look at. Because uh, nice. what, th- what I think you do well, what I appreciate about Super Danvers, uh, mm-hmm. just, just to brag on you a little bit, is that um, you actually, uh, the, I'm trying to think of how I should say this in a, a polite way. One of the things that I find lacking in the show these days is mm-hmm. the relationship between Kara and Alex. Uh, it yeah. was it was pretty strong there, maybe for the first three seasons and the last maybe two seasons. I, I, I think it's sort of taken a little bit of a backseat. And so mm-hmm. what I appreciate about your comic strip is that it uh, focuses on the Danvers family and it focuses on Car and Alex. And you have Jeremiah and uh, Eliza in there. And so that's yeah. that's what I find really endearing about your work is that uh, oh, it's thanks. sort of it's sort of. Um, giving me the show that I want to see that's not <laughs> what's not happening. Um, so, yeah. so what do you, what do you think is really special about uh, the Danvers sisters and uh, uh, why, why do you, why do you want to draw them? Um, I think what caught me and I think this scene has been talked about in your podcast before has been one of the, of the moments where you go like, Oh, I want to watch this. And it was on the pilot. And you know, this scene where Alex arrives, um, at Kara's apartment with the AI of Allura and uh, Kara opens like the box thing and she starts talking to Allura and you see that moment when Alex is like, okay, I am, I don't belong right now in, in this moment. And she kind of backs, uh, backs away and she's kind of ready to leave. And suddenly you see that Kara without thinking instinctively, she goes and grabs Alex's hand as in, no, 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 
you and my family and my sister, and I want you here because otherwise I can't do this. Uh, and that sibling relationship was something that I really liked seeing, and I wanted to see where that went. Uh, and, and I think since that very moment, I was sold on the relationship of the sisters. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to do with Super Danvers, like I really, really, uh, before I started writing the comic strips or, or drawing, I sat down with myself and I thought the kind of story that I wanted to tell. Like I didn't want to make something uh, that ended up being like random, very random comic strips of different scenes of the show. And the first idea that I got was like, okay, let's focus it mainly on the sisters and on the storylines that affect the sisters directly. So that was, uh, that was like a very easy decision um, to make. I think it's a good one because uh, I know a lot of fans really love the relationship between Cara and Alex. Uh, so it really uh, fill, fills some gaps when we don't get it on the show. <laughs> uh, Donna has a good question. Um, do you think the addition of a sister to the CW's version of Cara, so, the, so Supergirl has never had a sister before um, uh, Linda Lee in the comics uh, and Linda Danvers when she gets adopted adopted uh, never had a sister and so this is this is new to the Supergirl mythology so what uh, do you think the addition of a sister to Supergirl uh, uh, adds to Melissa's interpretation of Cara Danvers what what do you think um, uh, for Supergirl as a character how do you think uh, having a sister uh, what do you think that does for Supergirl as a, as a character I think it it ties a lot the character to to how she uh, has become a, mem a, a a citizen of Earth, uh, and it it brings out a lot her humanity and her vulnerability because really you you really need Kara's the little sister when it comes to her relationship with Alex. Like she's not this super powerful almost godlike being she's just her the little sister uh so i think that uh helps uh you as a viewer to connect uh, to be able to connect a lot with cara danvers as a character and to want to root for her um you get to see her being vulnerable you get to see her also being strong because she literally becomes supergirl uh because of alex so I think it has added like lots of layers. I think uh, in Supergirl, uh, she's having a bit, uh, maybe the same effect that Lois Lane with the differences of, of dynamics between the two characters, but she's a bit of a Lois Lane to, uh, to the Kryptonian of, uh, side of her. Yeah, it's it's good for uh, the Kryptonians to have a link to humanity, I think, mm -hmm. to have someone who is going to be that representation of Earth and of uh, uh, connection there. So, yeah, I think that's uh, really important for those characters because they are they're they're aliens. They're from outer space. And uh, so I think it's good for them to have something that you know grounds them a little bit. I know yeah. that's kind of a a strange metaphor for characters who can fly uh, to ground them. But I think uh, in some ways that's a, that's a good thing. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I love the Danvers sisters and I wish they would do more with them. So I'm glad that you're um, what I think is also really cool about your strip is that you're, mm -hmm. you're not retelling um, the stories that have already been on the show. You're sort of uh, connecting it to what has happened on the show. Um, yeah. But, but telling a story within that. So um uh, is it is there a, a where do you get your inspiration for how you come up with those scenes is it just that like you were talking about that little that little uh that nugget that earworm uh that sort of gets in you some of them yes like the palm from hr thing definitely and, and i'm so proud and happy with with how palm uh turned out <laughs> in the in the comic strips uh, like she's a very fun fun component um, when I, when I knew that I was going to make like a series of comic strips that, uh, the format of the comic strips was going to be like between two and four panels, three, four panels, maybe mainly, sorry. And it was going to be focused on the sisters. What I did was a rewatch. Um, and all this happened, it's been years, all this happened during the, uh, hiatus between seasons two and three. That's when I started thinking about it and when I started draw, uh, um, writing the comic strips. 
So I got the main, from, from a rewatch of seasons one and two, I got kind of the main storylines that affected the sisters. Uh, other characters' storylines that would connect with them. So I decided what I would um, write. And uh, with, you know, the first 30 comic strips, which are the sisters as kids, initially that was just mainly scattered flashback comic strips. Like the series Super Danvers was going to start with with the pilot. And it was not until later that I decided, oh, no, no, I'm going to make like a beginning, like a chapter zero, if you will, of them as sisters that shows um, how they go from Kara arriving on Earth to them becoming the sisters that we know. And from that moment, uh, you had like personal little frustrations, as you were sort of saying, uh, with the not seeing enough of the sisters. Uh, you start having a random idea when you're drawing of, oh, I want to make a cameo of this season two character. Like you have already seen Maggie Sawyer um, and there are least a couple of more characters from season two that are going to appear uh, during season one comic strips. So it was mainly getting like the structure and the plots and the storylines from season one and two and filling in the gaps. So more or less, that's, that's the process. I haven't seen Brian the alien yet. Uh, do you have Do you have any plans in uh, in bringing Brian on? He is. He's definitely on some uh, strips of uh, okay. season two. Yeah. Okay. You, you okay. So I, I I must have missed him. I'll have to go back and uh, make sure because I try to uh, keep but, up with him. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. go back and look for him. No, but he's not. Uh, he hasn't been there, uh, posted yet. Like he's going to appear on season two strips whenever whenever they are. Okay. So f- so far from season two, you have only seen Maggie. Yes. Uh, there's going to be at least three more characters from season two who will appear in in a couple of comic strips uh, from season one. Okay. Very- but Bri- Brian, I think, is only on season two, but he definitely will be. Okay, good, 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 because uh, uh, he's he's one of uh, one of my favorite characters, and I know uh, Morgan is also a big fan of Brian the mm-hmm. Alien. Uh, we oh. we get attached to the minor characters like Pam from HR and things like that. So yeah. I, I'm glad that you are pl- you know able to play with those characters and and uh, bring out more of uh, their personalities and their yeah. history. Me too. Pam was a Pam was a surprise uh, because of that like random moment that I had of no no I need to to explain this logically like why would Kara not know <laughs> and and it sort of uh, it sort of grew into that story where well there was also, there was already a reveal of why Pam didn't uh, want to talk to Kara I think yeah it was definitely posted uh, a couple of weeks ago are, are uh, there. Are there any other characters that you would want to bring in that uh, don't get a lot of love on the show? Uh, I think one of the main ones has been Pam. I love Vasquez, but Vasquez is a beloved character in the fandom, I think. She was really not super minor character in season one, and she's a lot on season one strips. Uh, Can't think of other characters right now. I'm not sure. Well, uh, there's lots of characters to play with, so you have uh, a, a good, good bit to choose from. Uh, so I look forward to seeing who you introduce because I've I've loved seeing Livewire in there. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's that's been a real treat for me because I love Livewire as a character. So um, it's it's been fun to see the characters you're you're sort of playing with. Um, and so uh, so we talked a little bit about the minor characters, but do you have any favorite characters? I know that's also probably a, a loaded question because mm-hmm. you probably you probably love drawing all of them. But are there uh, are there any characters that you really enjoy writing for or drawing? Um, yeah, well, the sisters. Uh, I I loved. I enjoyed so much drawing the sisters as little kids, um, both of them. Uh, also as adults, like I really have fun whenever I, g- I get to draw a comic strip um, that has the sisters interacting, whether it's Kara Alex, whether it's uh, Supergirl Alex. Um, then I really enjoy Jean and his interaction with the sisters and how this uh, future space dad, space little family is going to pan out. Uh, so that process is also really fun. And 
I love uh, I loved writing and I love drawing Maggie Sawyer uh, because I'm a really big fan of the character and I was a very uh, a very big fan also of of Samverse of their relationship and who else? Well, I have to say I wasn't a huge fan of Monel in the show, but I did enjoy a lot writing comic strips with him and also drawing him. So he, it was, uh, it was kind of those surprises that when you get to, you write, like um, for the listeners, all the comic strips have already been written and penciled. So right now it's just a matter of uh, doing the inking and everything. And uh, comic strips from season two with, with Monel, I surprisingly enjoyed a lot because so, I was not a fan of, of his character in the show. So, so why is that? Why did you find yourself, do you think, uh, why did you find yourself enjoying him? Um, because of that, like, the, the funny thing, one of the things that I like when season two comic strips start is that there's a lot of kind of criticism uh, ingrained in those comic strips about the things that I didn't agree a lot with uh, when season two started because of all those sudden changes. So you spend the whole season uh, towards making Kara and James an item and suddenly in one episode it all goes poof. And I think we are all familiar with the criticism surrounding Monel as a character. But getting those thoughts into the comic strips in a way that makes it fun or cute, but without uh, avoiding talking about, well, maybe this take on this character wasn't like the right one. Uh, it makes some interactions of Monel with Kara and Supergirl and of Monel with some other random characters with whom he doesn't actually have many scenes in the show. Uh, it made them like very fun to draw and write. So I think he's a very likable character um, in the comic strips. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's fun about doing your own thing is that you can uh, play with the character in, in the way that you want to uh, write and per portray him. So that's that's really cool. Well, uh, we have a question. Uh, Don, since you mentioned uh, you have everything already kind of um, worked out, you just have to ink mm -hmm. and color it. So how far in advance do you work? I mean, how, how long does it take for you to, to draw one of the strips? Uh, well, um, I've gotten really fast over the last few months. I have to say that the pandemic uh, has kind of given me a lot of extra time to draw. And uh, the comic strips are totally, if I remember correctly, uh, Super Danvers is 430 strips long. And I've completed the first half. I've drawn um, 215, I think, like written, drawn, and and uh, drawn uh, the line art and the colors and everything. That is all done. And uh, the rest, the remaining 215 comic strips, they are already written and they are already penciled. And it's just a matter, as I said before, of uh, drawing the line art and coloring them. That will take months, but... It also depends on how real life decides to <laughs> to happen. Uh, so, yeah, during the pandemic, I've been able to do a lot. And right now I'm taking a little break. And then next month I will probably go back to, to drawing. And then uh, in a normal week with lots of, like, real-life work and, and things like that, I can probably get close to five comic strips maybe completed in a week. Wow, that's incredible that you have such a such a vast library of stuff already uh, worked out. That is that is really incredible. Have you? Are, do you do you have the capability of putting all of those in like a like a book format? Have, uh, is is that something possible? Uh, IP wise, like like because the intellectual property is not of the characters is not mine uh, in a monetizing profitable way. I don't think it is possible. But yeah, I mean it could be feasible because of the way that the comic strips are drawn in like a very standard format. So that would be material. Yeah, that would be possible to do. Yeah, I, I, f I figured uh, with uh, licensing and uh, the yeah. legalities and the, of that, it might be difficult. Uh, but mm -hmm. but it would, but I if for me as a fan, I would I would love to like be able to flip the pages into the next yeah, one. So that too. would be really cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. 
well, um, I guess we're kind of uh, running up on an hour. So I guess um, I'm going to ask you two more questions. Um, mm -hmm. so, so we talked about your favorite characters that you kind of like to draw, but do you have a favorite character on the show? Um, probably Alex Danvers. When, when back in the day, season one, season two, season three, Alex Danvers. That was definitely my favorite character. I do love, as I said, Kara, uh, Kara uh, Danvers. And um, then I would probably be between Jean, Maggie Sawyer, uh, Lena. Uh, those are oh, and Lillian as a villain. <laughs> I love Lillian. She's so, so much. good. I was so frustrated. Like, I have to say that Jean Cryer as Lex Luthor is amazing. I think I agree with most everyone that. Even if he's so good, the show was lacking Supergirl because he kind of had a lot of legs. But, oh, my goodness, Brenda Strong as Lillian Luthor. <laughs> she was such a joy to see. Yeah, every time I think of Lillian, I want to do like a chef's kiss. She's, she's <laughs> yeah, so good. Definitely. Um, uh, is Lillian, uh, does she appear in any of your comic strips or, or will she? Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, good, yes, good, yes, good. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, Lillian is the best. Uh, if, if we could have more Lillian, I would not be opposed to that at all. Uh, definitely. She's, yeah, she's definitely one of my favorite characters as well. And uh, just mm -hmm. as uh, one last question, uh, because sometimes on Supergirl Radio, we, we like to pitch our ideas mm -hmm. of what we think uh, the show could, <laughs> could use a little more of. Um, yeah. So what are, what are things that you, um, if you didn't want to uh, write it in your comic strip, Mm -hmm. Are there things that you like? Do you have uh, uh, a story in mind for season six? If you if you could go into the writers' room, what what would you want uh, to pitch them for season six? Do you know what I would love? I would love to have a Kara and Alex storyline happening in Argo. Like they have to go to Argo and get glimpses of how during their childhood years, maybe Alex would. Um, eventually get an interest into Kara's Kryptonian heritage. And uh, in my mind, I don't know if this is canon, I don't think it is, but in my head canon, uh, Alex knows a bit of Kryptonese and Alex probably had long conversations with Kara about Kara's life in Krypton. Because, I mean, I always think about the, the little difference between Superman and, and Supergirl. Like, it's two different tragedies. Uh, but the fact that Kara actually lived in Krypton and she lost family and she lost friends and she knew her culture, um, I was—I always wanted to see a bit more of how that affects the character. And come on, they brought Argo. They have Alura there. And I would really like to see Alex and Kara there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still around. Alura's still there. They could take a trip. Um, exactly. I, I like that idea. I would love to spend more time on Argo and learn more about the Kryptonian culture. I, mm. I also think it might be fun just like kind of a, as a what if story, if there was some way that they could, um, I don't know if they would go back in time or if maybe that there would be some yeah. sort of magic that would put them uh, on Argo as children. And then maybe Alex would have to learn the Kryptonian way, sort of reverse Kara and Alex where, you know, Kara lands on earth and uh, has to learn about Earth and how to fit in on Earth. Maybe Alex could learn how to mm -hmm. fit on on Argo. Oh. So, uh, but I, I think that's that's really cool. I would I would definitely be up for more Argo, more Kryptonian stuff. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, your words to the the writers' ears because uh, that would be really cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it would be <laughs> either that or or more of Kara as a reporter, which is something that I've been missing a lot lately. Yeah, uh, Rachel uh, suggests that Cara and Alex go to Argo and convince Laura to make more pods in case of an emergency. Uh, yeah, new Rachel. Yeah, uh, the show could always use more pods. Uh, we can't uh, run out of pods. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and then uh, Donna suggests that Cara and Alex go to Argo where Alex is honored for protecting Supergirl. I think that would also be a, a suggestion as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and Joshua likes the idea of Alex going to Argo. And I, it is uh, weird that they haven't gone back and revisited Argo, but I guess maybe some of those yep. effects or something like that takes takes a little bit of a budget. Um, yeah. But I think that would be really cool. I've been pushing forever for the Bottle City of Candor. Uh, oh, yes. so, th so I would love to see Carr and Alex go into the Bottle City. 
Uh, mm. But any anything that they could do, I think, to put Car and Alex in a storyline together, basically. Um, yeah, that's it's we're I think we as Supergirl fans are pretty easy to please. <laughs> we're, we're not real. It's, it's really not that hard, right? <laughs> yeah. like, you have the characters, please use them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of mind-boggling that they haven't uh, gone to that. But they've had other stories they wanted to tell. But uh, but that would be my wish, uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to go back to the Car and Alex relationship in Season 6. Um, okay. But yeah, that's that's a good pitch. I like it. Uh, so let's hope for more Argo uh, <laughs> in future seasons of Supergirl. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our time here, uh, just to, to value your time with us. Oh, uh, so, so thank much. you uh, for so much for spending some time with me and um, answering my questions and the people in the chat's questions. Uh, but thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, and uh, talking about your, your comic strip and your, your time as an artist. Uh, so where can our listeners, if they haven't already, our listeners and viewers, how can they check out your comic strip and uh, what you're doing? Uh, well, I'm mostly on, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram handle the, like the personal ones when I post, uh, other drawings and things like that, uh, it's Olin Samuel. Um, and then if people want to specifically read the comic strips, uh, I post them on my Twitter, but I also have an Instagram account for them. And the Instagram account for Super Danvers is at Super Danvers, you call it underscore? That's yes, right. underscore, yeah. Fan strip. So that's the, probably that's the best way because on Instagram, since you can you have the swipe option, uh, option you can have like uh, the experience of reading panel by panel, which you can do on Twitter, but I can only do that on Twitter if the comic strip is three panels because you can only post four pictures. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, I like to follow it on Instagram because every, everything is right there on that one account. But I think exactly. what you've done is very smart on Twitter is that you've created a thread. Oh, so yeah. that makes it very easy to find all of the, <laughs> all of the uh, different uh uh, comics that you post. So, uh, Thanks. that's very, very smart. So, uh, everybody, if you, if you are in need of some Cara and Alex, some Danvers sister stories, if you just need something to hold you over through the hiatus, <laughs> I definitely recommend uh, super Danvers cause it is a delight and it, uh, it does hit that, uh, uh make up for that void that the show has, has left. So, uh, thank you for what you do and for the comics that you put out and the, the wonderful stories that, um, that you write and, uh, draw. Cause I think it, um, it uh, is is very good to see uh, a Supergirl fan who is uh, creating uh, your own stories and putting your own mm-hmm. spin on things. And I, I think that's uh, something that I've enjoyed out of what you do. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I really had fun and great questions, by the way. So thoughtful. Well- Good. Well, I, I'm. Uh, I, I, you answered all of them that I, that I had. So, so thank you for for sharing that uh, uh, your history and your uh, your talent with us. Really appreciate that. My pleasure. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can also email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. So you can definitely hit us up with any questions that you have. If you want to, uh, don't have the voicemail number for the live graphic, but you can you can also call and leave a voicemail at uh, 678-718-7252. And you can leave us a voicemail that way. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Instagram things lately. Uh, Instagram is my personal favorite uh, social media platform. I don't know about you, Chris, uh, but that's kind of where I like spending my time. Uh, so yeah. Supergirl Radio has a lot of uh, Instagram presence. It's a really good one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, definitely check us out on Instagram if you haven't already. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser. And we are on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And you can find all the links to everything I just said because because I know it's a lot at superradio.com on the right side of the page. So uh, if you uh, need to find links there, you can do that. And Supergirl Radio is also part of the DCTV Podcast Network. So if you're interested in The Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Stargirl, or the upcoming Superman and Lois series that Chris mentioned, make sure to follow DCTV Podcast on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed 
Ooh, this is a lot of stuff to say. So if you want to uh, keep up with DC TV podcast, you can do it on social media and also the podcast mega feed uh, so that you can have all of our podcasts in one place. Uh, Morgan is not here, so she could not do that uh, for me. So that was, uh, I'm, I'm in Morgan's place now. So I don't know. I understand. Uh, we also have a DC podcast uh, T public store. So if you're in the need for some new T-shirts or mugs or stickers, or uh, I noticed they were also selling masks. So if you need a mask during the pandemic, you can oh, get yeah. that at the DCTV Podcast Tee Public Store. And you can uh, find a link to that store at supergirlradio.com on the top of the page. There's a Tee Public uh, Store button there. Uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, if you want to keep up with me, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I also have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash ducknilkprod. I am hoping to put out a new video. I know I say it all the time, but I'm hoping to get a new video out uh, by Friday. That's my deadline. Uh, so I'm hoping to uh, drop something about uh, why I'm excited about the Snyder Cut. That's the new one I'm, I'm working on. So I'm trying to catch up and <laughs> do some more things on my YouTube channel. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And now go read some comics. Yeah.